Yo, what's up, guys? This is another Cutting Deep episode number 13. And I got a really good guest this time. His name is Noe Salmaron. He's the founder of American Generation Construction, also a realtor, and a military police army reserves. This is my boy, Noe. If you want to introduce yourself, Noe. Yo, yo, what's good, man? Grateful to be here. Thanks for having me, brother. Yes, sir. Um, so this is my boy, Noe. Um, just want to say how we met. One of our strongest memories is first meeting up at Juan Rosales' house. So I've been knowing Noe before that, but we never really talked that much. But since he's been coming to the shop and he gets cut with one of my really good friends, AB, and I've been seeing him around and I've been talking to him a lot. And so let's, let's see where we first met, man. Yeah, bro. Uh, shout out Juan More Drink. Uh, <laughs> we met up uh, mid-September-ish. Uh, it was kind of just me and you. And kind of we just clicked from then. All we talked about was business uh, ideas, um, kind of um, how we can bounce off things and sort of uh, spoke about a little bit of everything. And I really liked that. And also uh, back when you were chopping up in Dover, I was there, too. And I've seen a big uh, growth, too. So it's something that uh, uh, has to be acknowledged. Yeah, appreciate that, brother. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, we did. uh we did know each other uh, in the Dover days over there. <laughs> sure, yeah, bro. That's that's, that was where it's at, man. That was where my old barbershop was at. But, I mean, y'all took it over, man. Y'all killed it. You and AB were always present. Y'all were always killing it. That was crazy, made... man. We were, like, running that thing by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, bro. Y'all, y'all brought that bad boy to life, man. Y'all definitely um, made that shop real nice. It was cool, man. And then here you are, man. Here you are. A few years later, you got your own shop. So, that's what's up. Yeah, man. So how you been ever since then, man? Like I, I've seen you grow ten times more, going to um all these meetings, and every time I see you, you just always work, man. So how's that? How's that going for you? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I like to network, man. I, I network religiously. Um, I've dwelled and dived into um a lot of books, um, a lot of self development. Uh, thankfully, I have a lot of um. I hang out with a lot of older people. I do business with a lot of older people. So that's really what sets the tone. They're really the people who I have to kind of uh, wake up in the morning and sort of uh, work towards. You know, I don't, I don't have a family right now. I don't have a significant other. So that's really... It's time to grind. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, bro. So there should be no excuse that people like me and you are kind of just like lackadaisical and like we're letting life just pass us by. That's what know? I tell people, man. Like if you're alone, if you're not... In a relationship, you need to grind it out. Like you have all this free time, because once you're in a relationship, you're that's it. It's yeah, you have time, but you don't have as much time as you had when you were single or when um, you weren't with somebody. You know, spending all your time with, and that's why. And another good point is you hang out with a lot of older people. That for me, that's where I really started to grow. That's where I started to look up, and um, I got myself inspired by a couple like mentors that I have that are older than me, not. Not that much older than me, but they're older than me. And I always wake up and I just think, it's like, damn, I see them doing this and I kind of want to do that. So I need to follow in their footsteps and not completely follow in their footsteps, but I got to start doing things that they do, which is waking up in the morning, you know, working out in the morning before work, going to work, staying at work the whole day, you know, doing those things. How do you feel about that? Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> hanging out with the older crowd, it, it just it just kind of makes you think different. Uh to be specific, I work with two uh, real estate investors. 
they've really been putting me on on game uh, since August September. They really bring me to all the meetings, all their networking events, um, even the celebrate and even else, bro. We all we all take that together. Um, an honorable mention today would definitely be uh, my brother El Profe. Uh, he's really kind of helped me in regards to negotiating, persuasion, construction, uh, running numbers, and he's been my business partner. Um, so. And then there's a bunch of older people who um, are in their 40s, 50s. They're pretty big uh, players in the industry. And like the thing is, they like to see the youth come up. They like to see diversity. They've been in the game a long time, mm-hmm. and they know a good uh, prospect when they see one. So like, they do. They're 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 good at picking those out. They yeah. know a hungry a hungry bird when they see one, man. Yeah, bro. And the thing is, like, they've been in the industry so long, they can catch someone's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So. Even if, like, you can fake the funk, but if you're kind of not putting out uh, the work, you're not kind of following up on your word, they'll just kind of, like, lose interest because at they'll the end... They'll push you out. They'll yeah. slowly push you out until they won't talk to you no more. In the end, you're wasting their time, you know? Their yeah. time is limited, you know, when they can focus on someone else. But, you know, essentially, like, you come, you come up under these wings, you come up under their wings, and they introduce you to their people. So now you have to step up because... Now you're a mere image of them. You mm-hmm. represent them. Represent so them. you got to really um, put on your big boy pants and, you know, uh, step up. Uh, but in the end, you know, just be yourself. Be yourself. Be humble. Be true to yourself. Because if if you're portraying someone you're not in the near future or um, in the end, you know, you're just lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself. And that shit's going to catch up to you and mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be pretty. No, nah, it never is. It never is. That's why I always say if you're going to do something, do it right. Yeah. Do it right so there's no, there's no a weakness in the foundation. Because if you start with bullshits, you're going to end with bullshit. Yeah, um, you know, uh, the building blocks, the smallest building blocks are the ones that are most important. And like you mentioned, that's, that's where the foundation comes up. So, um, you know, uh, for me to say, you know, I'm self-made, I think that's, that's very, uh, it's, uh, it's not true. Because there's, there's a lot of people in my corner who, have, who got my back and across all industries. So... Yeah, Yeah, I'm very grateful for those people as well. So let's go into um, after high school. What did you end up doing? What was that's that's really how I see people start. You know, I don't really start at the end when you were a kid. What did you do after high school to say, let me open my wings? Where did you go first? Yeah, man. So, you know, I've always I have a big family. I have Mm -hmm. a big family. Uh for me to say I'm a first gener- generation immigrant would be an insult to true first generation immigrants because I was never out uh, doing labor work every day. I wasn't my life. I didn't have the hardships that they had. Mm-hmm. So um, I focused on school. Uh, I graduated yearly from Durant. I went to HCC for two years. Uh, I got I enlisted into the military. I told my parents that I was going to be um an army officer so how was that for your parents so the actually the conversation wasn't that bad just because i promised them like hey look you know it's not it's not what you think it is i'm gonna go the officer route and you know i kind of i low-key messed up and i put all my eggs in one basket i did a uh, basic training i went to ait at fort sam was combat medic came back uh i had a scholarship at usf for rotc i started school and i fumbled that shit bro yeah yeah, I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it took me a long time to realize that failure um, and kind of really uh, swallow that pill because mm. 
Failure's a lesson, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, man, it, it's been one of the biggest um, blessings that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. People may see things as a curse, but uh, one thing I can really uh, harp on this is uh, fail forward and fail fast. Do you... All right, now that you said that, it was a blessing that, that kind of fumbled. A blessing in disguise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you still regret going to school? Or would you push it still? Because there's a lot, there's a lot of people that say, "Nah, fuck college. You don't need college." And I kind of, and I, and I always be like, I, I, to me, I, I don't like that. I don't like that saying. Yes, you don't need college, but I feel like if you're not driven enough or you don't got that entrepreneurship mentality, then I think you do need college. Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's it's a little bit of everything, man. It, it's all some people are meant for school, some people like school, some people would get a degree and they don't even pursue that degree. Mm-hmm. So it just it, it's everyone's um own cup of tea and they take it however they'd like, but me personally I would definitely uh run it again and I would possibly would even take that failure again just because it brought me to where I am today. And I think if I were to have pursued that route I don't think I would have ventured into entrepreneurship like I did or where I'm at now. Yeah. Because I, I kind of feel like that's how I started. So for me, I always say this in each podcast. I, yes, I went to USF. I was about to graduate. Had two classes left. Boom, COVID hit. I'm not a really good... I don't learn well um, on the computers. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is the one year where I need that break from college, you know? Yeah. So I took a whole year off. I told myself, all right, all right I'll be back next year. And I'll finish these, these two classes and I'll get my diploma and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, that year's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in one year, I accomplished more than I ever did. You know, like that one year of me saying, all right, I'm going to put school. But it takes, you have to have a lot of risk too. Because I know just quitting school, you have to go hard, you know. Yeah. A lot of people just don't go to school and they just want a vacation for that whole year. But nah, I grinded for that whole year, you know, and. I was able to, to obtain a barbershop, able to obtain a place in a nonprofit. I was able to cut a lot of celebrities. I was able to, um, and that, that was all from the root um, thing that you said earlier, um, networking. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Um, I know I just kind of sent you this message recently, bro, but at the end of the day, I don't think you pers- you in particular, I don't think you give yourself enough credit, man. Um, you're 25 years old. Um, you got your own crib. You got a barbershop under your name. You got a whole team behind you. You got, you're a member of a nonprofit and you're a podcast host, man. Like you're, you're killing that shit. And I, I think that you definitely feel, and like you mentioned also that people get upset when they see you celebrate. Nah, man, you, you got every right to celebrate. Um, you work long days. It may be different days like anyone else, but at the end of the day, like that's your craft. That's your specialty. Mm-hmm. You're in that shop. You open that shop. You close in that shop every day. So uh, by all means, man, um, I'm I'm all with you on what you mentioned. You know, you deserve to uh, celebrate. You know, you got to celebrate those small wins. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a lot of people look at it like that, you know? Not a lot of people can actually see the behind the scenes, but you've seen it because you were yeah, there yeah. behind the scenes before when I, at Juan's house, when I would talk about, yeah, I think I'm getting a barbershop, this and that. Mm-hmm. You've seen the, the behind the scenes that nobody ever sees, you know? Yeah, bro, and you made it happen, man, so... Uh, I mean, I think the story, I think my story is very interesting just because like, I mean, you just brought up school. You had, you had homework, essays, group projects, assignments, tests, attendance, and like online, you know, requirements. Um, I had all that plus ROTC, ROT class, ROTC classes. 
Um, I had FTX, which is a field training exercise at Camp Blending. Um, fall and spring. I was also drilling at Camp Blending too, fall and spring. And there was a physical training Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at USF mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. And to make matters worse, I still had a part-time job. Damn. So You were working? Yeah, bro. Awesome. I was working, man. I didn't get the scholarship that they had promised. Um, but one thing I will say is what took, what made that pill so hard to swallow was accepting that it was only my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, I really didn't um, really acknowledge that it wasn't my... Um, professor's fault. It wasn't the school's fault. It wasn't my peers' fault. It was uh, it was something that was on my plate and my plate only. So at the end of the day, like, it it had to be something that I had to set in. And like, pretty much after that, man, things kind of just uh, crumbled. Man, crumbled underneath me, and like a lot of things uh really fell through. And it was just something uh difficult. And it was just really hard time, man. It was yeah. a really hard time. How did you deal with that, bro? Uh, well. It was just everything across the board, man. Uh, finances, um, personal relationships. I had strained relationships with people who were really close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a little bit of everything, man. Uh, if you look at life and at pillars and you organize into different aspects of life, everything that I put my hand on, it kind of just fell beneath my fingers. But um, I, I did a lot. I took a lot of coping me- mechanisms. Um, I really started to just kind of dwell on myself and really uh, do a lot of uh, soul searching. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the gym and running is good to clear your mind. Um, yeah. but uh, exercise definitely helps. Yeah, I just took some un- unorthodox methods, and uh, they uh, they ended up pulling through. Things went, things got better, man. But uh, I do want to say, um, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you uh, if you have a a shadow over your head, if you are facing some some uh, hard times, dark times, um, there's someone out there that cares for you. Someone genuinely cares for you and loves you. Mm-hmm. And if you feel you need to talk to someone, you know, call your friend, call a family member, call a hotline. But just know that this world is not a happy place with one less person. Yeah. And also, um, if you feel that you need to talk to someone, um, I recommend uh, Rosmer Wellness, R-O-S-M-E-R Wellness. Uh, she's a psychologist. And uh, she can definitely help you out if you, uh, if you really need that person uh, to talk to. She, does she have an Instagram, like, for her business? Yeah, that, that's yeah. her uh, Instagram. Oh, that's her Instagram? Yeah, if, if, you, uh, if you didn't get that, just contact Apex, and uh, he'll, get that, he'll, mm-hmm. he'll get that squared away for you. And I just want to say something real quick. My boy is in the Army, so if you feel like he's swaying away from answers, it's because he can get in trouble for certain things that he's done to cope with, um, you know? depression and we're not gonna try to get him in trouble so that's why we're swaying away and if you just feel like he's not getting through to it you gotta have patience my boy's in the army and he's not trying to risk anything so yeah i mean i would say i i definitely had enough uh uh internal fortitude and kind of mental acuity left to really not let negative thoughts uh, sort of get to me in regards to hurting myself uh i knew there was a bigger picture but a big quote that I believe in is uh, hard times are like the weather. Eventually they will subside. And, you know, it was something that always uh, kind of stuck with me. Um, one of my um, my first line leaders, one of my sergeants that I was in charge of, uh, um, he, you know, he's not here with us right now. Um, you know, I, I wasn't there for those two months. I, I wasn't involved with what was going on. 
and there was just a lot of a uh, handful of friends and even a family member that uh, are not here either. And it all happened within two months, man. Um, I mean, eventually I did get out of the hole. I, I got into construction and that's really kind of where things kicked off, the tables turned and everything sort of uh, got, uh, it took up my time. I had, I had pretty shitty jobs before that. And uh, I mean, I was always constantly stuck in my thoughts and like the same things just kept revolving around. Um, but that boss really uh, kind of planted a seed in me and uh, an amazing, amazing boss, not your typical blue collar, white collar job or a boss and uh, just mad cool. And uh, he was just everything I wanted to be at the time. Mm-hmm. And he really pushed me and, and he saw something in me too. More of a leader than a boss. Yeah, yeah, definitely a man, uh, a man amongst, a leader amongst man, men. And um, the reason why I wouldn't regret going uh, back to school or going to school and do it all over again is because there was people who saw that in me too. I wouldn't acknowledge it. I kind of just brushed it over. But um, a big organization that helped me out at USF was a uh, Lambda Theta Phi, Land Fraternity Incorporated in particular, um, was a uh, Teremoto. Deathstroke, White Magic, Stitches, uh, and the rest of the gang out there, man. Is that uh, Fraternity Brothers? Yeah, yeah, the Fraternity Brothers. I mean, um, as much I could, as much I, as much as I would have liked to party with them, I didn't have the time, bro. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't have the time, and it it really wasn't. um, You were focused on the bread, man. Yeah, man. Um, So I would definitely run it all over again. Mad, uh, amazing people, uh, very humble. Uh, professionals, man, they they definitely uh, pump out uh, military officers, uh, lawyers, doctors, uh, professionals, man, and uh, they definitely groom you into um, you know the modern day leader or man, you could say. So nice, oh yeah. yeah. Um, after after doing that, um, is that when you founded American Generation Construction? Yeah. So um, after that, it's funny you bring it up, man. That's when I really. Uh, I actually got into commercial concrete, man, and I had never heard the term uh, concrete cowboy concrete until, cowboy. I, yeah, <laughs> until I heard your podcast, man. That, that shit was too funny, but... You like that shit, right? Yeah, that concrete bro. cowboy, that's... <laughs> my cousin, man, I, I don't know, he's young, you know, he's still in... Oh, no, he's actually graduated already, but he was in high school working in construction, and he would just say, yeah, call me concrete cowboy, because he was, you know, he, he was laying that concrete down, man, like... Bro, that shit's tough, man, um... Seeing the commercial side of things and like working on buildings, airports, ramps, military installations. I've even worked at um, uh, colleges and even NASA in Melbourne. Uh, my first month, I worked a 21-hour shift, man. Damn. It was wild. Uh, we left. Uh, we carpooled from Plant City Park Road at, I believe, 11.30. We got to the job site at 2 a.m. Uh, the boom truck uh got messed up and we were just pouring out of buckets and it takes four buckets to fill up a concrete truck so we were there all day i got home the next day at 1 30 in the morning damn and i was like bro what did i get myself into but um probably like six seven months in my boss uh told me hey man you know you, you can start your own company you can do this and that and like from that day forward it really instilled in me that Every day that I work for this company will be one day less until I start my own company. Mm. And that's really what, what drove me. Uh, I was up at like 1, 2 a.m. I was home 
at like 10 11 a.m but still man it, it's a grind bro it's, it's extremely brutal I don't, I don't wish that life on nobody there's been too many times to count to where uh um i skipped lunch uh it's just not the lifestyle you want yeah i don't recommend it uh pay was pretty good but still pays uh, pays pretty good in construction but you're slaving away from construction man you know yeah dude you're not uh, a boss or a foreman or a, a manager you know or project manager then you're you're putting in some hard work man my, my dad my dad he works in construction well my whole family works in construction you know savala concrete um they're connected with um Boleos and all them you know um, I got some friends that have their own, like Bernal. Shout out Bernal Concrete, you know. Yep. My boys, I was just over there at my um, my house, um sister's birthday today, so I got to see all the Bernals. But, yeah, Bernal's killing it, man. They're killing it right hey, now. Hey, man, they're killing it, bro. They're they're laying that concrete down, man. Mm-hmm. The, the real concrete cowboys over there, they got a whole rancho. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> that shit's sick, man. I got I got the utmost respect, man, for roofers, blockers, uh, concrete. Those are my top t- three uh, trades. Um, but, yeah, man, like you mentioned, uh those two years that I was uh, working in concrete, man, they were very tough. Um, I was actually working four gigs. I was doing uh, armed security uh, for two different companies. One of them being Rat Pack, which is a veteran-owned uh, security company founded by three rangers. Um, I was also obviously uh, army drill, and I was working like 40, 60 hours for a, a concrete company. Then still working on weekends, uh, Friday, Saturday. And it was just tough, man. But basically, the way I saw it was, I was chasing money, man. Yeah. And that's not good. No. That's not it's good. Not. It's like chasing a ghost. Yeah, bro. Hey, money's always gonna be there. Yeah. So think about it. If you're chasing money, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. You're never gonna reach a goal. You're never gonna. You're never gonna hit the plateau. You're never gonna say it's enough. Exactly. Just think. Look at Jeff Bezos. Is he's he's the richest man. He can blow, what was it, twenty six million, in like a second, and he was still like for the rest of his life, and he will still have so much money left over. Yeah, bro. It, I don't know, man. It, it's a, it's a tough concept, man. Um, you know, uh, I applaud all the young all the young folks out there chasing that bag, and by all means, you know, continue to pursue it. But th- there's a bigger picture, and like, I could have. I only did it, man, because I was young. Uh, I felt like my body could take the toll and recover and still go back to work and do it all over again. But basically, the way I saw it was, it's almost like, I'll throw out this analogy out there. If you're in second or third grade, you move to a new spot, and there's this neighborhood stray cat sitting on your um, mailbox. You wake up every morning to go to school, and you chase that cat, Mm -hmm. and you never catch it. And then... In middle school, you're a little bit older, you're a little bit wiser, and now you put food and water on that cat on your front porch, uh-huh. and now the cat comes to you. What you've created is you've created a system, you've created value to where now it comes to you versus you constantly trying to uh, yeah. chase it. Yeah, you I know? like that analogy. I love that analogy, actually. Yeah, bro. It's, um, it took a long time, man. I think I'm on... Um, I think you told me... Uh, sorry for interrupting. Uh, you told me a quote... A little bit earlier, not today, I think early in the week, um, had to do with the lack of money. If you want to say that quote, because I think you said it the best, um, I, I don't know. I, I really like that quote, so I want you to say it. Yeah, bro. Uh, so when I was 15, 16 in high school, I would listen, man, to the OGs, like the real, real motivational speakers. Like these guys would run lap, laps, like laps on laps on Grant Cardone. Um, Gary Vee, 
uh, E.T. Fletcher, Eric Thomas, uh, Tony Robbins, like people like Zig Ziglar, Dwayne Dwyer, Air, uh, I believe uh, Aaron Nightingale, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, and the quote is from Les Brown. And it goes, um, the root of all evil is not money. The lack of money is a root of all evil. It's what creates people to kill for money, steal for money, and turn on their own brothers for money. Mm-hmm. And like these are all concepts that I was listening to when I was 15, 16 years old. And Which I didn't. Is, um, it's heavy stuff to listen at that age, but it makes you grow. But I've also learned reading too much, also kind of like, well, you know how they say uh, too much of everything is a yeah. bad thing? Yeah. And that's where when I was reading stuff like that, I read I read avidly, you know, here and there, but I did take I do take breaks on reading because mm-hmm. it does put you in that hole, as you mentioned. It does you start seeing like the real things, the the, the real things going on behind the scenes. You know, the mm-hmm. more you read, the more you you know. Yeah, and that's also a scary thing. Yeah, that's a real scary thing because I I know you read a lot and I know you know, like it, it gets you it gets you um, paranoid. Just yeah, man. I mean, it definitely, definitely can sh- shake you to your core um, if you sort of let it, it, it. It's all in how you look at it, man. Uh, at 15, 16 years old, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have a sense of direction. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have an end goal, and I didn't hone. I didn't hone in on those concepts. I would hear it, but I wouldn't heed it, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't stick. So, like, when I hear concepts now being brought up, I was like, oh, you know, I, I know the original quote, where it really came from. Um, but, yeah, um, I read. I think I'm on book 65 in, like, two years and a half. Nice. Um, Those are good numbers. Yeah. Shout, uh, out, shout out Les Brown for that quote. Yeah, man. I, I really love that quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Um, I read a little bit of everything, uh, finance, uh, business, real estate, uh, persuasion, negotiating self-development it's just it's just always good to read it's always good to learn something new um uh, a wise man is one that says he knows it all but a oh i'm sorry that's just backwards a fool is the one who says he knows it all a wise man is constantly learning uh-huh. and uh i mean if you look at it there's harvard yale professors who still to this day take continuing education continuing courses education, bro. there's always so much to learn there's there's something new every day yeah, and so, like, I mean, regardless of if I can say, yeah, I know concrete, but there's people who've been in the industry 10, 15 years, you know? Still so learning, bro. There's new gadgets. There's new... I'm pretty sure you've seen the robots, the robots that, that lay down the concrete. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the, crazy, the laser right? screen. Yeah, the laser screen, and you got to learn how to use that, and yep. that's technology, you know? Bro, that's a game changer, man. That's, that's how you can... Um, pull off uh like big, big commercial million dollar warehouses you know shout out to my boy jose Mondujano who does screen lasering and concrete man he, he works a lot because he's the only one that knows how to use that machine yeah bro so and that's where the money's coming from bro it's, um people who can run the laser screen get paid 30 40 45 dollars an hour and they have every right to because they're the ones who are basically knocking out that million dollar contract mm-hmm. so you're telling me and i an owner of a company is not going to pay top dollar for a person who's making that job happen. Uh-huh. There's other 810 guys sitting on the side uh, waiting for that uh, laser screen to break uh-huh. so that they can finish the job. Yeah, but if that if it doesn't break, then, I mean, that guy just knocked it out by himself. By himself, bro. Yeah, bro. And it's crazy seeing that thing work. It's just people basically just pushing the cement into it, and it's just laying it down for them. Yeah, man, it's very convenient, man, and you know, technology's coming up. Robots are coming into construction, and they're um, 
they're doing they're doing pretty well, man. It's definitely um, a nice uh, transition into a uh, um, technology and construction. So yeah, it's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, so also about the construction. I'm, I I always wanted to ask you this. Out of all those jobs you had, I know you, right now currently you're a realtor. Yeah. Also, you work in construction, mm-hmm. and you're also part of the reserves. Which one would you pick out of all of them? Um, so I mean, in in August, I exit from the military. You know, um, uh, it has uh, every military member has their own opinion, has the good things and bad things. Uh-huh. Um, but it's my uh, my exit window's there, and I'm gonna punch my ticket out for my own reasons. But if I could pick out of construction real estate, it'd be a tough choice just because um, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. They actually do because you can make. If you work in construction, you can make some good money doing real estate because now you can offer certain things that are just a regular realtor wouldn't offer. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly, bro. Like you become that much more valuable as a realtor. You mm-hmm. wear multiple hats. Um, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, in January, I just started a uh, CamTech as well. Um, I know. Uh, uh, Congrats, brother. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Mariah had just brought that up too, and uh, kudos to her, man. There's there's not a lot of women in the industry, and for her to get her general contractor's license, that, that that's a big feat, man. Yo, shout out to MJ, man. She's like a big time homegirl to me, man. She's like one of my closest friends, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, she's um. I don't. I don't know why people always have like this thing with uh, guys being like good friends with girls, bro. Like MJ is literally like my dog. Yeah. Like she don't judge me. She don't, um, you know, you know, when she was here in the podcast, she didn't judge me for things I said. She didn't look at me any type of way. Like we can talk a normal conversation, hang out and just, you know, say our goodbyes, you know, like a normal friend. I, I don't know. I don't understand why people always look down on certain things like that. You know, uh, no, I mean, I think it's just uh, certain people that don't kind of understand that concept or uh, think that they're reading in between the lines. And really, it's nothing. Go- it's nothing more, nothing less than just. Uh, an honest opinion from a guy and a girl's perspective mm-hmm. and uh, that's really all it comes down to um, but yeah you asked um, so in regards to construction um, you know we offer uh, we also do uh, like I mentioned we pour concrete on the side if a client needs a concrete back patio or a driveway extension you know we're able to knock that out um, we're also going to start pumping out uh custom uh, homes and luxury homes so uh, I mean we could purchase uh, land build the homes and then I'd be selling them yeah so that's why I wouldn't choose between either or because it, they just coexist very well and it just makes sense um, to be a general contractor and a realtor and eventually keep scaling up on either or and it's a perfect uh, uh, skill to stack mm-hmm. um, um, skill stacking is, is very uh it's hard to do. It's really hard to do. But it has to make sense. Yeah. You know, you can't be like, uh, let's say, a painter and then uh, a plumber and then you cut hair. Yeah. They just don't mix. They don't mix. It, it just doesn't mix. Now, if you're a singer and then you start a second band and then you're also a producer, now you got you, now you can run the whole show. Like you if run you, the whole show. You're making, you're keeping all of the profits to yourself because that's you. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay the producer. You don't have to pay other people to make. You don't have to pay another person to sing, which actually gets paid the most. Exactly. Which gets paid the most, the singer. Producer's second most. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Producers get paid the second most. 
Yeah, I didn't know that, bro. Um, definitely, man. You're you're touching on some really good points. Like, if you're if you're a solo singer doing your own gigs, and let's say you run a gig on Friday, you can have your band run another gig Friday somewhere else, uh-huh. and then um, that weekend start, you know, either producing before, or producing after, or whatever. Uh, how, however that entails, um, you know, that's a perfect skill set to have and skill stack. So it, as long as it makes sense, and as you can, if you can scale that and that's where it's at. That's definitely where it's at. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm trying to get into, kind of like how you're saying, skill stacking, skill stacking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of want to get into the paint now. A lot of people see me do the with my with the help of uh, with my boy Eric from T's Salon, mm-hmm. who showed me how to paint hair. I've been to a couple classes of painting hair, but I wanted a hands-on. Mm-hmm. So I asked my boy Eric to stay after work, and that's again working on your day off. Yep. I had to, so I busted my ass this whole week, you know, a busy week, and I still had to go into work, not really to work, but continuous learning. So I had to pay my boy Eric. He was going to do it for free, but I don't, I don't like that free, you know? Yeah. He's taking his time out. He's a prized artist, you know? He's mm-hmm. been recognized in Tampa for his painting, his hair. Shout out my boy Eric, too, again. <laughs> Shout out Eric. So um, he stayed after work. <clears throat> Actually, he came in on his day off early to show me how to paint. Boom! Did the haircut, and now I know how to paint hair. So yeah, now, bro, that's that's perfect, man. Because like now, not only are you, I mean, I mean, I've seen you chopped up several, um, you know, girls before. Now you can touch into that space if you'd like, or you can just strictly keep it to a uh, male hair only. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a lot simpler. I mean, you you've seen it. You know how long it takes. But you're also going to charge a premium for that service. No, definitely. So, and and you have to, you know, it's something that not everyone does, not every barbershop uh, offers. So definitely, if, if you can add that to every to your resume that you already do, that, I mean, I've seen you do several cuts, obviously, as I'm getting one too. And uh, I mean, they, they've been pretty spot on. So that's what's up. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. So in the next five years, where do you see yourself? Man, uh, honestly, I'm probably like a year to three years out um and i have those uh timelines uh here on my notebook but uh for now i'm just i definitely agree that there's a bigger picture um but i definitely would like to close out uh 2022 and then definitely go from there but in regards to um i can't really answer that question 100 percent, but um one thing i can answer is like I, i feel like i do have a good grasp on uh you know my purpose of life uh-huh. and that's i would say that's the main thing that's the main thing to have you know grabbing i know i had a, a friend of mine tell me or asked him how you doing man like how's your week man he's like i'm figuring it out i'm figuring it out yeah so i was like damn that shit sounds badass you know yeah. trying to figure it out you know yeah and i've always liked that because really when when do you know something 100 percent? you never mm-hmm. do so when, when i asked you when i asked him how are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that's um, not a typical response. That's not a typical. And that's why it caught my, caught my eye, man. Cause you know, like being a barber, you hear the same thing over and over and over and over. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing good. Oh, how, how was your day straight? You know, I'm all right. just doing <laughs> shit, just doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I cut a lot of, um, I cut up a lot of different people. I cut a lot of business people. I cut a lot of, um, I don't want to say regular people, but people that are just taking the day by day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I would say, there are two different conversations that happen, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, me being me, I read a lot and I listen a lot. I think that's the main thing, listening to other people. Because mm-hmm. that's going to have a good 
gravitational pull towards you. Yep. Like he listens to you. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a know-it-all. Yep. He'll sit down and listen to whatever you have to say because he's going to soak in the information you're saying and actually maybe apply it to himself one day, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, when I talk to people, I, I love when people listen, you know? And actually, I can tell when somebody's listening or somebody's just not listening and they don't care what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bro, that, that's, that's dope, man. Um, uh, listen twice, speak once. Uh, very very great concept you bring up um but yeah man i i think uh you know my purpose in life i think i think god put me here uh to give back um whether it's resources um whether it's connections um whether it's my time or whatever the case may be but i just feel like um you know i wake up every morning and i think that uh some way somehow you know i'd like to connect someone i'd like to give back um Definitely to the community, you know, that brought me up. Uh, you have to stay true to your roots. Uh, and more importantly, uh, you just got to stay humble, man. You got to stay grounded. Every day you wake up, know that, at least me, I know that I'm not better than someone to my left, to my right. We all bleed the same color. We all have the same 24 hours. So we shouldn't feel um, entitled or shouldn't feel better just because you're making, you're, you're dressed well, you drive a nice car, mm-hmm. um, you're making some money because... Uh, Either you humble yourself or God will humble you. Uh-huh. And it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. So. And there's another good saying, man. You, you, you just remind me of a lot of good sayings, like a lot of good quotes. <laughs> there was one, uh, um, I told God my plans and he laughed. It goes along those lines. Oh, you run it again? Like, I forgot what somebody told me. He's like, yeah, I said I was going to, uh, I told God my plans and he laughed. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but it's basically saying, like, you think something's going to happen, but God's going to laugh at you because he knows yeah, it's really yeah. going to happen. Yeah, he you. knows yeah. what's in store, man. Yeah. So I I, I love I love quotes because, um, well, actually, I want to bring up a point about you. Not everybody has a notebook or a journal that they write in. And I started doing it myself, and I think it's very beneficial to, like, young people to have a notebook and write down jots. How do you feel about that, man? Does it... Does it, it, I know it helps to retain a lot of information. Yeah, man. So uh, sometimes uh, I, I come across random thoughts, ideas. Um, you being an entrepreneur, you owning a barbershop, you know when you're not in the shop, you're thinking about the shop. 100%. And that shit, you see my white hairs, man. Like That shit stresses me out. Um, being 25 and you're young, you're my age, you know? Yeah. So I, can, I always see you working. Every time I go to Juan's house, you're always writing down. You're always on phone calls. And and that's why I think that's why we connect a lot because we we know how busy it is and every time we hang out we talk about some real shit and um, like how you said people are on a time schedule me and mm-hmm. you are on a time schedule like you don't you didn't have to be here but this yeah. is something that's that you feel is progressing you and I feel like this is something I progress into you know it's yeah not, yeah same goes to you man I mean it, it's you only have Sundays and Mondays off mm-hmm. and. Everyone uh, works Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday is their day off. You know, you chose to be here as well. So, um, same kudos to you. Um, but what was that, brother? But um, oh, oh yeah, bro, the agenda. My fault. Oh, yeah, <laughs> my the agenda. yeah, bro, the agenda is perfect, man. It is great for um, organization. Uh, you know, I write down a lot of stuff. Um, and like I try to keep it uh, everywhere I go. I got an agenda. I got a notebook. 
Um, and I've had a uh, old, old, old like ninety nine cent notebooks, bro, for like oh, yeah. two years. Those are the best ones. The, com- <laughs> the composition notebooks. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the white and black one, man. I had yeah. that one up until like I kind of just upgraded for like a ten dollar uh, Staples one. This I, one's pretty. I, cool. I really want to get uh, like a nice one. Yeah. Like, and I want to have um, by ears now. I mean, yeah. I wish I would have started this way earlier. Yeah. And I wish I would have had like notebooks from when I was like young like to now so mm-hmm. i can see my thoughts back then and how i like mentally progressed mm-hmm. i feel like that's something the badass and people should do back then or you know people are gonna say oh you, you have a fucking journal you yeah. know i know people are yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. that but like <laughs> man fuck that <laughs> if you're gonna do what you want to do then do it man like no he's the same way um he's gonna do whatever he wants to do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you don't really care about people's opinions i don't either and that's why people grow mm-hmm. as fast as they do because they don't care about the next person's opinion why because if they're not doing it i'm gonna do it yeah yep. yeah in the end of the day man uh we're young bro uh we have every right to tell people no mm-hmm. you know our, our time is limited you only have uh 48 hours of what you call a weekend and um you know some of those weekends you spend cutting hair yeah and a lot of people uh don't realize you know w- the impact that you're having the impact that you're having and like it's just um you know every everyone's uh, time is, is limited everyone's time is valuable and sometimes you just kind of want to catch a break, uh, you know, if you're not in the shop. And like I mentioned, you know, as an entrepreneur, there is no off hours. You're always yeah. on the clock. When you go to sleep, you're thinking about your shop. Yeah. When you wake up, you're thinking about your shop. When you're in the shower, in the gym or uh, having dinner, you're thinking about the shop. Yeah. So, like, it always revolves around how I can make it better, how I can uh, market better, how I can reach a broader audience, how I can reach out to, um, you know, and bigger, I feel, bigger higher clients and I feel like that just keeps my mind fresh mm-hmm. doesn't keep me stale you know that's why I like me and my boy AB um, own the business um, we're partnered up and I'm pretty sure he thinks the same way what can we move this how can we push this how can we market this now we're bringing in new barbers now we almost have a full barber shop and now what we really want to see is are we really the? This is we're putting ourselves to the test are we really the leaders that we think we are Mm-hmm. And by that I mean, are we really gonna make these new barbers come in and be established? Mm-hmm. That's our goal. Yeah. Once we see that we established uh, barbers that work for us now, mm-hmm. we know that we're doing our job. You know, we know that. All right, we're we're doing something good because my boy came in here with zero clients. Now he's booked. Yep. You know, and that's right now. That's one of the biggest goals for me right now, and I'm trying to hit. Um. It's just seeing somebody other like somebody else win, you know. That's my biggest goal right now. That's our biggest goal. Um, of course, we still go cut the homeless on the Sundays, but um, that's always a goal of ours. But our biggest goal right now is to see somebody else win. Yeah, man, and that's 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 key, man. That's key as leader. Um, I know AB's been chopping up my hair since I was like sixteen. He also cut me up uh, in his pops' uh, garage uh, back when we were in high school. And then, you know, uh, I seen the growth from uh, Dover and then to you having your own shop and like, uh, you know, from me knowing AB at 16, for me knowing him now, it's completely night and day. And, you know, some of it has to do with you, too, you know, and everything yeah. that y'all got going on. And you, br- you bring up a, a, brick, a big point in regards to seeing other people win. But more importantly, like you haven't mentioned nothing like a, a finance goal in your um, barbershop. You want to see uh, a new up and coming barber scale. 
You mm-hmm. want to see him get booked. You want to see him be successful. But he's all he's in the right place because you have um, someone like yourself with X amount of experience. You have someone like AB with X amount of experience. Christian Miguel and like those are big assets, bro. Mm-hmm. Christian and Miguel, AB, me, our barbers, we're we're doing a lot right now to push the fade away. You know. Yeah. And I, I know. Um, I kind of treat the barbershop a little bit different. I don't want to say from anybody else because everybody else has their own different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. But I really want to push a barbershop where we're all friends. Mm-hmm. We all hang out after work. We all can get along, you know? Yeah. And that's something not a lot of barbershops have right now. Um, for me and AB, we don't really care about the money, you know? Yeah. Whatever we make off um, booth rent, it goes straight to the shop. Yeah. You know? Um, a lot of people think, oh, you're making a lot of money, this and that from the barbershop. It's going to the shop, man. Yeah. I, I live at the shop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, where do I spend most of my hours? At the shop. Yeah. So what I'm going to make, what am I going to make nicer? My house or the shop? Somewhere that I barely stay or somewhere where I stay every yeah. day. I'm going to make the shop nicer, man, because that's where I live. That's where we live, you know? Mm-hmm. I want it comfortable. I want it. I want basically like a nice, fresh start in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, that's an investment, man. That's, that's, that's an idea. That's a baby that you and AB have been holding on for a while. Mm-hmm. So it... It's very key and crucial to nourish that baby while it's while it's young, because uh-huh. if it's not, then it's it's gonna be a, a trouble child, you could mm-hmm. say. So it's it's uh it's key to really um, um perfect it and try and make uh the barbershop better. Yeah, always. always. It, there's always room for improvement. Can you relate that to improving oneself as well? Yeah, man. So, um, I. One thing I can speak on is is risk, man. Uh, risk is because like, I mean, I, I could I could run my accounts to negative, and I at least know somewhere where I can, uh, um, possibly go somewhere and crash on someone's couch, you yeah. know, um, or like I at least have an escape route, so I'm able to run that. So uh, one of uh one of the biggest quotes that I really like by Jim Rohn is he speaks on risk. He's like people are so scared to take a risk that little do they know that driving to work, driving to school is risky. Um, and he goes, he's like, okay, if, if you don't want to, if you don't want to take a risk, that's fine. We'll bring you in. We'll, we'll feed you. We'll bathe you. Uh, we'll give you meals three times a day. We'll protect you. We'll put you in a closet and you'll live to be 100. But what a life to live. Damn. Yeah. So. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, Badass. <laughs> that shit. It's and the thing is, like, if you really think about it like that, uh, it's it's just wild. Even uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, Harry Potter's author has a, a quote too. This one I don't know, like the back of my hand, but basically she says that um, you could live a life so cautiously that you make no mistakes, but now you fail by default because uh-huh. you never live life. You never live life. So um, you know. At the end of the day, I'm not telling people to gamble their life savings. I'm not telling people to open up uh, X amount of business. I'm just saying, take a calculated risk. Yeah, take a calculated risk. Quotation marks around calculated. Yeah, make sure it makes sense. Mm -hmm. If um, like, what do we say at the barbershop? If it's not making sense, it's not making dollars. (laughs) Yeah, bro. I mean, the thing is, like, it doesn't make sense uh, to open up. Let's say another taco stand when there's already 10 taco stands on that street. Yeah. 
Um, Gotta open up a tortas now. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Something different, man. Something different. Um, quesadilla tacos. Uh, Killing the game right now. Torres Bros. Shout out. Shout out Torres Bros, man. <laughs> Their quesadilla tacos. Busting, bro. I was there uh, last week. But um, it just it just has to make sense. Um, and you have to do a lot of research. You have to do a lot of research. You have to do... and. I highly recommend shadowing or contacting people who are killing the industry. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, don't ask for handouts. Don't ask for handouts. Don't ask for, uh, you know, this and that. But instead, be a value to them. Mm-hmm. If you don't have finances, um, if you, you know, I would definitely just volunteer. Yeah. Or see how you can pick up the trade. Um, someone that I did that with was uh, G&J, man. Um, they really uh, brought me in. I actually worked with them for a month um, at their uh, bounty house gig. They taught me the ins and outs of a uh, business. They taught me what not to do. Um, they taught me the struggles of the industry. And like, those are one of my earliest coaches that I had in business. Uh-huh. And it was something here, um, you know, local, close by in Dover. So, yeah. Um, for sure, man. They're young and entrepreneurs, brother. Yeah, grinding, bro. Yeah, like, grinding. It's, and it's not just one or two businesses that they uh-huh. have. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not here to speak about their businesses, but yeah, man, they're definitely uh, they're definitely killing the game, you know. Definitely, bro. And it's very uh, it's not often you see uh, two brothers sort of work hand in hand at such a young age and like mm-hmm. um, they definitely figured it out figured it out early and mm-hmm. worked on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, and like to this day, you know, they're still I, I still reach still out. Still grinding, bro. Yeah, yeah, I still reach out to G, man, and mm-hmm. he's doing very well. Um, you know, Jay Jay actually helps the barbershop, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. He helps me out. If I if I always have a problem, I ask him. And you know, him being younger and me being a little bit older has nothing to look at it, man. If mm-hmm. he has the most experience, who am I gonna ask for help for, bro? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like you- I got no shame in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like um, I'm 25, he's 22. If he has five years, it doesn't matter my age. If he has five years experience and I have two, I gotta ask him, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And that's just me being me. Like if. That's something I always tell people, don't be ashamed of asking for help, but don't ask for handouts. Right, right. No, uh, most definitely, man, you bring up a good point in regards to uh, a bar, uh, another business helping another business. And this is a point you brought up uh, in another podcast with MJ as well. Is like, you know, sort of in this mentality, it's the whole um, crab in a bucket mentality. Yeah. I'm going to be the bigger crab and I'm going to get out of the bucket and everyone else is going to stay in. And the thing is like, it shouldn't be the case. I like that, you know, um, the Latin community is coming up. Everyone's coming up with their own shops, stores, um, or boutiques, whatever you may call it. But the thing is, they feel like they don't want to uh, promote or they don't want to work with other people in the industry within this area. They feel like uh, funds are limited, resources are limited, clients are limited, and that's not the case. Yeah. If, you, if we could all kind of just come to one and be cohesive and, like, host an event or uh, uh, host something of some sort... Now you have everyone in one spot. That that man, I've been, I've been trying to work on that about same idea, mm-hmm. uh, co-partnering with with a lot of people, and um, it's hard. <laughs> a lot of people are very um, prideful. Mm-hmm. They don't want to like work together, you know. And that's that's um, that's them. I'm a little bit different, you know. Everybody works different, mm-hmm. but it, it would be something else if we got together as a Latin community and helped each other out and wanted to see everybody grow at the same time, you know, instead of just seeing one person grow and 
just basically calling themselves the shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's that's kind of what sucks about our background, you know, uh, us being Latinos, we're, we're orgullosos. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes it's a double-edged sword. But you know why we're like that? It's because we struggled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Being Latins, we've seen it, man. You said it earlier in the podcast. It would be disgraceful if you said that you were first-generation immigrant. Yeah. And, you know, why? Because we didn't have those hardships. Mm-hmm. A lot of people back then, I remember correctly, a lot of people who were Latin or Mexican didn't want to be called Mexican or Latin. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be like, oh, I'm mixed with this, I'm mixed with this. But now all of a sudden, everybody wants to be Latin or I'm, I'm full Mexican, I'm prideful, you know? Yeah. But who's really the, the first ones to come and do it? Our parents. Exactly. And they had to cross the border illegally, yeah. which is scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Like people holding guns on a border, you know? You're, yeah. you're, you're crossing into a whole other country. You're coming in to just work and provide a better living for your family. Yeah, man. I mean, and the thing is like, uh, you bring up our parents and like, I feel like me and you and sort of other younger entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general are, are at a good place right now. Thanks to them. Yeah. You know, they didn't have time to think of businesses. They just had time to put food on the table. Um, you know, get the next paycheck and, you know, uh, our, my respect to all the older generation too, you know? Uh, so, yeah, they, um, so we're coming near the end of the podcast. Do you want to say anything to the people? Say it, one, say something that's going to blow their mind away, something that's going to stick with them, something that's going to penetrate their, their soul and their skin. All right. Um, this goes to uh, anyone out there, man. Um, and it's another quote, man. I got to close this one with the quote. Yeah, have to. Uh, it's uh, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So I'll leave it at that. I'll let y'all uh, sort of uh, try to um, <clears throat> marinate that and y'all can kind of take it however you'd like. Mm-hmm. But And um, so we talked about this before. Don't think this is the last one with my boy Noe Samuel. There's definitely going to be a part two, but we don't want to say too much so y'all can get the second part. You know what I'm saying? So right now this is cutting deep. Uh, Noe, do you want to say... And this has been cutting deep, or you want me to say it? I always get, I always offer that at the end. I'll run it, bro. All right, I'll run it. Yeah, man, I just want to say a big thanks, bro. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm extremely grateful. And uh, this was cutting deep. Boom, yeah, it is.